What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Bit by Bit podcast, the only show approved for robot consumption. I'm one of your hosts, Brian Phillips, alongside the artist formerly known as the Fracken Cag, Blake Walker. Oh, look at that. Nice. We'll touch on that in a minute. With us, with us as a first time special guest, your hometown cupcake baron. Thomas Welty. You're not going to make me tell the cupcake story on this episode, are you? <laughs> Only if you want to. Now, now, now the listeners know that it's a that there is a story, so you don't have to tell it. They just know that there is one. Yeah, I probably should just said that. I'm curious now. Now you really got me hooked. Yeah, there is. Well, maybe maybe if you have me back another time, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. My leverage to get back on the show. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> Before we dive into it, Blake. Yeah. The fracking cag. You're no longer the fracking cag. Oh no! I mean, I'll always be the fracking cag, man. <laughs> I mean, I am the fracking cag, but I don't know. I always I have a thing with changing my name. It's like different time of my life. I feel differently, so the name doesn't necessarily reflect, you know, me. Sure. And since I have like a bigger social presence online than I do in like real life, it's like something I guess matters to me more <laughs> than it probably should, but. <laughs> I always like make sure I plan it out carefully, which is funny because then I have like friends that just have something like scrotal recall, like Cody. You know, it's just like a yeah. bad pun with like toilet humor. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> just, I don't know. I just felt it was time to change it up. So there we go. Fair enough. Go. Now, something that we do on the show when we have new guests. Mm-hmm is uh, we have them give us their nerd resume. So, Thomas, uh, I want you to kind of give us a quick rundown. What are things that uh, you that you are super knowledgeable about or super passionate about, things that, that in your mind go, oh, yeah, like I can either stand my ground on it or I just I have this deep desire to know more about it or, you know, just to be in that culture. Yeah, uh, that's a wow. Um, I... I am see I put some like some people wouldn't they get kind of defensive because I'm like I'm more of a fantasy school of nerdage so like <laughs> I'm not really big into sci-fi so uh, I I didn't grow up watching the Star Wars movie uh, movies I'm not a huge fan of them and some people like I'm there's a part of me that is even afraid to say that because I'm like they're gonna kick me off their podcast so uh, <laughs> mm. I, I can tell you're thinking about it it's treason. <laughs> it's treason. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> this episode will never even make it to air. I'm just wasting my time. But, uh, this, yeah. <laughs> so, I I think it really started with uh, with superheroes. And not like, you know, oh, I saw the Avengers movies. But I grew up with comic books in my hands. Uh, my older brother was really into them. And so... I uh, was also really into them, and I remember getting kind of his hand-me-down comic books and uh, Spider-Man's my absolute favorite. favorite. I have weathered all of the terrible uh, cinematic attempts at telling his story, and uh, just, you know, I'm excited that this this new one is a little bit, you know, closer uh, to canon in some ways, but uh, all things superheroes are great. and again, I'm a child of the 90s, so of course Pokemon was uh, 90, 90% of my childhood growing up. So, and, oh, of course. And probably Heck about yeah. 30, yeah, and about 30% <laughs> of my adult life, too. So, what, What's uh, your opinion on Digimon? <laughs> I gotta know your opinion on Digimon. Alright, so I think Digimon 
was a highly underrated, like, show and system. I mean, like, I always wanted to like it more than I did, and I wanted to be more into it. Yeah, yeah, just, for sure. Yeah, there like just wasn't potential. as much access, <laughs> and there also, in fact, uh, I had a, a Digimon game for PlayStation 2 that, like, I loved to play, but I was terrible at. Because I was, I was really young, I didn't understand it, it's like one of my earliest childhood memories. The only thing I really remember was there was a Digimon, like, in a mine, and he took forever to, like, get his work done, or whatever. And I'm sure it was based on something in-game, but I was, like, you know, six or seven, and it was just, like, whatever. But there was also a uh, property that you could, like, get onto, and this, uh, like, Digimon with a gun would shoot at you, and you had to run <laughs> between, like, the hedges and stuff, and, uh, you know, I don't remember, I don't even remember the name of the game, but I just remember having a little, What the uh, heck, man? Yeah, and I remember getting shot at, and, like, he would, if you, if he missed you, like, three times, you got a prize, and, uh, I was just thinking about that tonight, I was like, man, that's kind of, that would not be acceptable in today's <laughs> society, like, you're shooting at a child and his little pet, like, that's rude, dude. Can, can, I, can I go off book just for a second? Because I want to ask you oh, this next means. question. Why do yeah. you think Pokemon took the throne over Digimon? Ooh. Did they have what was the advantage? That's a tough one. Um, Pokemon is still culturally relevant twenty years. Digimon later. is not. Digimon yeah. is well, not. I mean, yeah. Uh, being associated with Nintendo helps, I think. And uh, yeah, that's, Ooh, yeah, that's, yeah. That's a good you know, point. Uh, and that and the Game Boy, you know, Game Boy Color and, and all that were, I mean, those are, when you look at it, those are still in some of the, the best-selling, you know, systems, especially when handhelds and, um, and Absolutely. I, mean, I think Digimon was, really only had games on the PlayStation, right? Yes, they only were Sony. really a console exclusive, and so, mm-hmm. um, even though, you know, PlayStation 2 was, you know, one of the best-selling consoles of all time, I think it's still maybe number one. Somebody might have knocked it off by now, but, uh, yeah, I, and I mean, that was... That was the thing when when I was growing up was you had a Game Boy, and in fact I remember doing uh, those little fundraisers through school where you get like a prize or you go door to door and sell stuff, and uh, mm-hmm. I never realized how manipulative that was until I was an adult. I'd send these little adorable <laughs> children out to you know panhandle for buy these thirty dollar brownies, uh, <laughs> but I, I I worked my tail off and I. I got the highest, like the second or third highest prize, which was a, a clear Game Boy. It wasn't a Game Boy Color, it was just a Game Boy. Um, was it the purple one? No, it was clear. Like white, like crystal clear. Oh, wow. It was really cool. And then like two months later, they came out with the Game Boy Color, and I was no longer the coolest kid in school. And so, oh, like the OG Game Boy. Yeah, so the that's... The big gray brick. Yeah, except or it was clear brick. brick. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's uh, that's so crazy. It was really cool. It was like my most cherished possession. But then, like I said, the Game Boy Color came out, and I was no longer I was knocked off my throne as King of the Nerds, and everybody else mm-hmm. got a Game Boy Color, and I didn't. So um, beyond that, so like I said, I think as I've grown, uh, I've had less time for video games and less time for uh, you know sitting down and reading comic books. But I'll obviously keep up with the movies and. Uh, I, when I was younger, I read some books that were, you know, uh, Dungeons and Dragons and stuff like that, but never really played the game. Came from kind of a, uh, my, my parents didn't really agree with it, weren't really comfortable with it, and so uh, it just mm-hmm. wasn't worth the fight. And but as an adult, I got into it, and so that's probably my biggest, you know, my my top of my nerd resume is is my experience now. Is uh, I play Pathfinder and have for well about the last. Two, two or three years on a pretty consistent basis. So. Okay, well, that actually that actually leads us into what we're what we're covering today. Thomas, uh, 
as a as a listener who brought us a uh, topic. So this is what we're we're going to cover is kind of the um, the 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 pros and cons of of gaming in general, mm-hmm. both both uh, video games as well as tabletop gaming. Tabletop mm-hmm. gaming isn't something we've covered as much as we would like, but I think we're going to try and reach out into that more. Um, you mentioned Pathfinder, Dungeons and Dragons. We've talked on the show about GURPS before. Mm-hmm. Um, tell me a little bit about Pathfinder. What makes that stand out? Well, it, it really is. Uh, there's a couple of things that you know I like about Pathfinder. So if you kind of look at the history of Dungeons and Dragons, there was when it kind of peaked in its popularity was around uh, the third edition. Uh, 3.5 was kind of uh, a slightly revised version of the third edition. And then they went. Oh yeah, yeah. Then they 3. went. Point five is is king. Matt, yeah, that's, really that's the core canon right there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, three point five is is like I said. That's really where it peaked. And then they came out with four, and everybody mm. hated four. Bum, I mean, bum, bum. yeah, uh, everybody hated four, dude. That's yeah. all I ever heard about it. Yeah, and that's that was my experience. And in fact, I don't even think I've ever played it. But from my understanding, like the they they put out the fourth edition uh trying to appeal to new gamers to new uh to people who aren't who aren't familiar like oversimplified yes and, and they yeah gotcha yeah so they tried to make it easy for people who don't play the game and it really turned off all the uh people who were not into the game so about that time a company called Paizo uh who I believe had some people who were you know originally working on 3.5 uh, kind of broke off and they created Pathfinder, which is really a, how I've heard it expressed as the spiritual successor to 3.5. So it's a little bit different, but a lot okay. of the same, a lot of it is pretty much, uh, comparable. You can translate, you know, from the older games into Pathfinder. So, uh, you could, you could almost call them interchangeable. I think at this point, uh, I've heard, I've heard good things about, you know, the new, the, uh, 5e. Which is the fifth edition of Dungeons and Dragons? I've heard they've kind of gone back to the roots a little bit more, and uh, they've mm-hmm. added some I've interesting heard that as elements. Well. It's yeah. very similar to three point five in a lot of ways. Mm. Yeah, so they've got gone back to the roots, and they've added some really interesting elements. But Pathfinder kind of carried the torch uh, in that gap when people were uh, kind of disenfranchised to the to the game. And uh, the other thing that I really like about it is there's so much of it that's just kind of open source, available online, and uh, you you can buy the books, and there are books out there for purchase and all that. But a lot of it you can do. You don't have to, you know, expand. You don't have to, you know, build a bookshelf for all of your Pathfinder books. You can keep most of it online hmm. and and reference it there. So that's super nice. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. Thomas, what got you into tabletop gaming? So uh, what really got me into it was just being a general, uh, kind of just a general fan of the kind of that fantasy Lord of the Rings kind of uh, topic. And mm-hmm. uh, it was actually the first time I actually sat down and, and played Dungeons and Dragons was actually in college. It was uh, with my old roommate and some other friends. And uh, I remember us, we went up to the library and we were holed up in that room and like we got in trouble several times for being too loud. And uh, that was really mm-hmm. my introduction to it. And that was actually with 3.5 uh, Dungeons and Dragons. And so, uh, that was the introduction, and I just really enjoyed it. I what really kind of stuck with me was the social element of it, which you know I'll, I'll talk about more in a little bit. But I, I've always you know played video games, kind of grew up on those, and uh, I've had a PlayStation since uh, as long as I can remember, and so I've always had video games in my life. But there was it was just a very it was a very different uh, way of expressing myself when 
I knew I, I, everything I did had an impact on the overall story and on the other people in the story. And it also has just mm-hmm. so much freedom. I mean, if I wanted to, you know, there wasn't, it wasn't like I was going to be walking down the road and, oh, that's the edge of the game and you can't, you know, you're going to walk in place for 10 minutes. It's, mm-hmm. you go, this room wasn't rendered. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, you know, that's the great thing about your imagination is you don't have to wait for things to load most of the time anyways. Mm-hmm. Most of the time. <laughs> now, Blake, uh, all, all three of us to, to a degree enjoy tabletop gaming. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Blake, how did you get into tabletop gaming? So uh, I think we all probably come from similar places where we grew up in fairly strict religious households, I would say. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we were all pretty much pushed away from it, you know, told mm-hmm. that Dungeons and Dragons, you know, it leads to dark things, you know, blah, 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 mm-hmm. that whole spiel. Well, you know, my family situation wasn't great, you know, growing up. Mm-hmm. So I'm looking at my parents going, well, you know, maybe you don't know what you're talking about you know so <laughs> yeah so we get to like eighth grade and you know, my buddy's like hey my dad just gave me it's it was literally a wooden crate that was like three by two and it was just stacked with D books from the 70s oh, man. and oh, man. Uh, all the classic stuff they used to play it when he was stationed um overseas he was stationed in germany as an mp and they had a bunch mm. of downtime so him and like all the soldiers that just played D and uh, so he Put it on to Peckham, um, who showed it to me. And man, we just played it as much as we could. We played it every day at lunch. Um, eventually, we got into playing. Well, I got, I made everybody start playing the Star Wars role playing game, <laughs> nice. um, which was roughly around the time that KOTOR came out. So I think that had a big, big impact yeah, on that. Yeah. Because it's essentially, I mean, it is the tabletop, you know, Star Wars RPG in game form, same mechanics and everything. So I don't know. That's uh, it. Just took off from there, and I became the DM and stayed the DM until recently. So it's been nice to get back in and actually play. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean we've we've got some coming up. Hopefully, <laughs> well, we, <laughs> keep, we keep saying that. that. Do um, yeah. No, I, I I came from the same same area. You know, my I remember my mom. Like I growing up, I had no idea what it was. I remember my mom saying. Oh man, Dungeons and Dragons, like, just don't even, don't even bother with it. Like it's, it's, <laughs> my mom thought everything was of the devil. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I love her to death, but anything anime or spiky hair was of the devil. Oh, it's so dark. Like Pokemon, they, they make those, they make these monsters fight each other. And there's evolution. And there's evo- yeah, evolution. evolution. Oh, oh. Like, oh my gosh. And so I was like, and. I, I didn't have any knowledge of what Dra- Dungeons and Dragons really even was. It seemed super complicated to me at the time. And mm-hmm. so I just wrote it off kind of the same thing. What I did with magic, I just kind of wrote it off mm-hmm. and I was like, yeah, whatever. Um, magic, the gathering, not, not, illusions. <laughs> not, not, not sleight of hand. <laughs> not yeah. sleight of hand. I was all about sleight of hand. Or, or actual <laughs> legitimate witchcraft. Yes. Actual, oh no, that was totally fine. Hey, witchcraft. Don't knock it till you so, try it, man. Uh, it wasn't until I got to college, actually, it, <laughs> you have this mentality in high school of this is the entire world. And then you get to college and you meet people that you actually like and don't have to like act like a different person around. You're like, Oh man, oh, well, <laughs> like, that's amazing! And they're like, "We're gonna tell you about Dungeons and Dragons." I went, "What?" And it 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 just 
it just blew my mind because, uh, well, first off, it was still super complicated to me and it took me forever to get used to the, the system. So in the meantime, I made up my own version called Sanctimonium, which I think, Thomas, have you played? I've played. I know, um, I know Blake and I have played. I don't know if I it's, have. It's, it is just a, a super, super bare bones version. You need a D20 and that's it. It's okay. almost like a choose your own adventure game with an element of chance. Okay. Exactly. <laughs> I like it, though. I dig it. And then a friend of ours... A friend of ours, Andy Yortsoy, who's uh, been a uh, ghost guest three times now, <laughs> um, he he actually made up his own version, uh, his own bare bones version called Tabula Rasa, which mm-hmm. is done through Facebook chat, which mm-hmm. is was ingenious. And yeah. it's they're they're pretty similar. It's pretty much just active storytelling. Yeah, I remember being in that. Uh, he was the, maybe the first or second Tabula. It was the second one. And, like, mm-hmm. I was just hooked to my Facebook Messenger for, like, three or four days straight. So I'm like, what's going to happen yep. next? Like, what's going to happen? <laughs> and it's just, it's, it's kind of a crazy, you know, you don't you don't expect yourself to get that into it. And then you're sitting there going, man, I really, I really hope I don't die here. And uh, it was, yeah, yeah, it was, yeah. It was a lot of fun. And, and things happen while you're away. Like, it's a real, it's almost a real-time game. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like you can't even sleep. It was, it was good. It was very well done. And, uh, yeah, props to Andy for for pulling that one off and we had some really creative guys in those groups who who made that work so uh yeah that was a those are there's a lot of fun but on on top of the thought of dungeons and dragons being you know oh evil you know whatever that aside and <laughs> just ignore the fact that you know people in the 60s and 70s were were doing acid and then going out and killing people because they were living out dungeons and dragons yeah i would say that might be that might be why i mean <laughs> put that aside yeah <laughs> there's there's also a there's a negative like connotation there's a negative stigma with with dungeons and dragons i i think that is kind of tied in with the same kind of feeling that world of warcraft has mm-hmm. yeah it's the type of person that plays it i think is yeah. the stereotype yeah. the stereotype that needs to be broken it makes really. people on the outside go oh man <laughs> like i don't want to be a part of that mm-hmm. but your 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 taste towards people is one thing if forget that but you know, Focus what? On, you know what it is Here's, here i'm gonna lay it out for you let's, let's just hear get it real if, Real talk with secluded enigma. That's right. If <laughs> did we say your username? I don't know. That's what it is. Though. <laughs> if you're the kind of person that feels like you don't want to play D and D because it makes you look uncool, you're not the kind of person that we want playing D and D with us. We're probably also not the kind of person who's listening to this podcast. But that's absolutely that the case. That could be true. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely so, the case. Yeah, you might just want to send that sound bite to a friend. Uh, yep. that's right just, you know, subtly get the message out there season one episode one like what you like yeah no and i think, go back and re-listen i think that's, that's right a, an incredibly valid point and, and you know to the credit of, of kind of the naysayers i have had that experience where you kind of meet that person who is a little bit of the stereotype okay or a lot of bit of the stereotype you know they're they have a certain smell to them and i don't need to express it because you already know it's kind of like this combination of like mayonnaise and doritos and uh, they just, oh, they're, yeah, they're they're constantly sweating, even though they've been sitting for the last two hours. You know, they and they take the game a little too seriously, and and they do. They, mm-hmm. you know, uh, I've heard them called all kinds of different things, power players, you know, all that stuff. Uh, and they they kind of have this attitude about it that 
uh, is it can be very off-putting to other people. And so mm-hmm. I totally understand that. And, and I would just say that that is not, you know, while those experiences exist, I don't think that that by any means is a accurate representation of the people who uh, are into tabletop gaming, into Dungeons and Dragons, into Pathfinder as a whole. I think that those are, you know, mm-hmm. you, you remember the worst of people. So uh, some of the oh, yeah. some of the nicest people I've met have been, you know, sitting at, around a Pathfinder society table and just playing a game. And, I mean, they're complete strangers and they're like, you know, hey, do you need a borrow dice? Do you need this? You know, and just sit, sit there and talk. And um, so I, I think that, you know, for every, every guy like that or every girl who, you know, you, you put in that stereotype, there's plenty of other people out there. And, and that's the great thing about it is you have the freedom to, to pick who you play with. And, and so mm-hmm. you can always walk away from those games. So Oh, yeah. Man, can I talk about a guy I used to know that ran a local business that was just the worst example of a gamer ever? Oh, let's hear it. Yeah. So there used to be this place. Let's call it Mission Control. Okay. Because okay. that was what the name of the actual place was called. <laughs> <laughs> um, it was in this old part of town. This guy had converted this old upstairs space um, above this like bookstore, I believe it was into mm-hmm. a PC gaming lounge where he had set up a whole bunch of computers, like giant beanbags, consoles, projector screens, blah, 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 blah. Okay, um, okay. Pretty sweet, pretty sweet. But you had to, you know, you pay your money per hour and go up there and play PC games, which is my first exposure to PC games. And also um, the Star Wars mod for Battlefield 1942. Played way too much yes. of that up there. Um, which then when Battlefront got announced, it was like, you know, the greatest day of my life, but I'm tangenting on a tangent. Now this guy that ran it, we're going to call him Paul. His name was not Paul. This is actually a fictitious name. Oh, so this isn't, okay. This is an actual Paul. Yep. So he's the guy that ran the place, owned the place. Now he started out, you know, he was kind of a bigger guy, you know, Mm -hmm. he, which is, is cool. And he just sat at the desk all day. This place was open for a couple of years, and by the end of the couple of years, he had just, I think he was at the point where he didn't leave the place anymore. He just mm. sat at this desk at the opening of this place upstairs in the dark and just played games all the time. Mm. And then he had a buddy, and they were just, they were getting huge. I'm talking like 400 pounds, probably, like mm-hmm. sitting on giant bean bags because they can't sit in office chairs anymore. Mm-hmm. And I was up there. They ordered, they ordered for lunch, a party-sized tray of chicken nuggets from Chick-fil-A Woo. and ate the entire thing before wow. I left. And I was only there for a two-hour time frame. Wow. I accept your challenge. You I, want to talk about horrifying. <laughs> I just want to know how, how you can, like... I want to be at that point in my life when I have enough money to just order a party size, you know, order of chicken nuggets from Chick Fil A for lunch. That's a good point. It was not cheap, that's man. A good point. It was yeah. not cheap. That's, <laughs> this was <that's>... like, <laughs> you know, but this was a different time as well. This mm-hmm. is like back when it really was a big expense to get into PC gaming. So yeah. short of that experience, yeah. you know, you wouldn't mind paying twelve bucks, you know, an hour, getting yeah. you know thirty bucks together and going for a couple hours to play was. Was a big deal when you're 13, 14 years old. Yeah. So I want to I want to pitch, you know, from the outside. Those are, you know, <laughs> those are some big guys, you know, playing games. It doesn't quite seem super appealing. Mm-hmm. But 
from their perspective, think of the level of awesome like escapism, the 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 world that they that they lived in that they just had this awesome level of enjoyment that mm-hmm. they were able to get out of it. Mm-hmm. So what I want to what I want to ask you guys, what what's the thing about tabletop gaming that that keeps you coming back? What's the thing that just like to you gives tabletop gaming the shine, you know? Well, Brian, you know, you know me. What kind of guy am I? Oh, we got the same answer. I know. <laughs> yeah, we're story guy. I'm a story yeah. guy. I'm completely like 100% driven by the narrative and like universe, wait, world building, you know, universe creation, what I was trying to mm-hmm. say. Um, I just love that stuff and I love like the little things and like everything matching up and like continuity and stuff like that. I just, mm-hmm, I like love mm-hmm. that. So that's really why I was the DM for, you know, years on end is because I was the only one willing to put in the time to actually do it. But it was like, I just love crafting stories. And mm-hmm. I, what I'm really getting into lately is like, you know, while I love that and I feel like I'm pretty good at it, I have friends that want to do it. And are now putting in the time. And it's awesome to actually just get to sit down, pretend, you know, role play as somebody else in a different world in this story that, you know, your buddies created. There's just something about that that is just leaps and bounds ahead of any other experience, Mm -hmm. really. Um, Mm -hmm. Gaming comes close, but you don't get that kind of thing from, you know, watching a football game or... Uh, I don't know. It, it's <laughs> I'm not like picking on sports specifically. That's just the first example that came to my mind. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think you know what I mean. All right, that's that's my answer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so I I totally agree with what Blake said about just the value of the storytelling and just all the fun that comes with that. But for me, and, and this might sound uh, even a little bit selfish, but that's all right. Uh, <laughs> so what really uh, <laughs> got me back into it was uh probably about two and a half years ago uh i was just getting ready to graduate college all my friends had graduated college and i had a bunch Mm -hmm. of people in my life who were kind of acquaintances but not necessarily friends and um i you know i i i struggle with uh anxiety a little bit of social anxiety depression i've got all kinds of fun mental illnesses that i've just you know run Mm -hmm. run through the family and um and you know i've you live with that and deal with it. But I also know myself, I know that I'm, I'm prone to kind of isolate myself. And I think that that's, that's actually pretty common in uh, a lot of people who kind of binge go on uh, video game binges and all that stuff where it's, it's a way of isolation and it's uh, escapism. And that's a, it can be a good thing, but it can also be a bad thing when you're using it to, to hide from, from life. But uh, sure, sure, sure. Yes. Absolutely. So I, mine was about finding, connecting with people more and uh you know my my mentality uh kind of my my mantra has been you know everybody has to have a tribe everybody has to have a group of people nobody can do it alone and Mm -hmm. uh sometimes that changes and a lot but this this group of men and it it became increasingly relevant uh you know really the only thing we had in common was we were all dudes and we all at one point went to the same church (laughs) Mm -hmm. and (laughs) uh and then you know and that changed pretty quickly um but and we, I mean, we had vastly different opinions. We're from 
very different backgrounds, all that stuff. And these were not people that I would like even, you know, help if any of them are listening. I, I don't think they'd be offended by me saying that they're not people that I would, you know, normally necessarily hang out with. Um, mm-hmm. I was close to two of them and then the rest of them I kind of knew by proxy. But then by the end of that two years, like I'm, I'm now here with, you know, I was looking at having one friend. I, I've now got five or six that I, I consider close. And to me, it's there's a level of uh, purpose and connection and fami- fulfillment that comes with just adventuring together and, you know, being creative together, problem solving together, all those things that, again, it's that togetherness that I think is is really valuable, especially to, you know, we talk about, you know, we're just using the, the people, uh, the people we talk about as, you know, kind of the, the stereotype and, 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 you know, by no means am I ever advocating to be a nasty person or to be rude and all that stuff. But some of those people, mm-hmm. um, you know, I think there are a lot of people, especially the, maybe even in the nerd, the nerd society group um, that are dealing with, with things where socialization is hard and, you know, social anxiety yeah. is a real yeah. thing. And it, and it sucks. It does. And I think that this is one of those things where if it helps you to connect with people, then you should, you should do it and don't be ashamed of it and enjoy it and, and use it and push yourself in that. You know, it's, um, it was a challenge for me at times, but you know, the longer I spent with those people, the more comfortable I was and the more I really, really did enjoy it. And not just, you know, and we, we had a lot of, you know, fun stories and we've got memories that we'll reference and, and all that. But uh, at the end mm-hmm. of the day, you, you walk away with, with friendships. So uh, I really appreciate that. Just the, the opportunity to, to be social. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I've, I haven't had a chance to, uh, <laughs> to completely finish a campaign. I hope to change that. But I know that I've always had a blast as far as the story goes, interacting with how other people decide to react to situations mm-hmm. um, as the DM going, OK, we can go that way. Yeah. <laughs> Coming up with something new on your feet, you know, mm-hmm. um, Absolutely. and just that that connectivity between everybody who <laughs> there's there's a sh- a general shared <laughs> kind of kind of undercover under the covers hatred of the dm <laughs> oh absolutely it's, it's a shared it's a shared camaraderie <laughs> between the players <laughs> because like we just need to we just need to get through that door and and uh the you know rescue whoever's on the other side and then one person steps forward and activates a giant trap and then the door disappears <laughs> and everybody's like oh gosh dang it like we hate you but we don't really hate you we hate the dm yeah. for doing it <laughs> <laughs> and it's i mean it's crazy to me how long it takes <laughs> and that's i think that's something that's kind of hard to explain um to people who aren't a part of it that no an hour and a half is not not nearly enough Mm -hmm. to do anything like if you don't have characters like you guys won't even be started for like two hours like oh yeah forever because so much of the game is uh table talk Mm -hmm. so much of the game is getting comfortable and and like hanging out Along with like there's so many decisions that have to be made, you know, choices that you you have to figure out, well, do I want this or do I want that? You know, Mm -hmm. so (laughs) when when I've 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 talked to my wife about in college when we were just dating, 
it was a Saturday. I remember um, I said, yeah, I'm, I'm going to go play D&D with, with some of the guys. And she goes, well, what time do you think you'd be done? I went, um, <laughs> I d- do, do you need a time? <laughs> There's really um, no time. Because we were supposed to start at 9 a.m., and then people not not every everybody didn't show up until ten thirty. <laughs> so by then we had we we had got kicked out of the room that we were in. So we had to go and find another room, and it was a blazing inferno outside. So we had to find some place with air conditioning that was quiet. So we ended up like in the library, and so by the time we got settled in there, it was like eleven fifteen. And so we started we started getting things together and didn't start playing until noon. Um, and by then it was setting the stage. And so we finally got into like core gameplay around mm-hmm. one o'clock. Yeah. <laughs> so like from the outside, that's that sounds like, oh, man, like, why would you do that? Mm-hmm. But when you're in it, it's just. I don't I don't know how to describe it, you know. <laughs> It's, you're immersed in it, and it, it goes by fast. I mean, there are times where it's frustrating, you know, with all the setup or whatever, if, if things like that happen where you have to relocate, but it's easy to lose. I mean, mm-hmm. once you're there and playing, it's even if you're just the first session and you're just making a character, if you really give it the attention it deserves, it's really easy to lose two or three hours just on building a character or uh, oh, yeah. on working on your backstory. And so um, it is it is a big time commitment, which is why, you know, it's... You know, you do it again. You kind of base on your schedule, but uh, it's definitely it definitely flies by once you're once you're going. So, just a side topic: what has been your favorite storyline? Let's say what's been your your favorite like story element to a game that you've played. Mm-hmm. <sighs> That's a tough one. It could be one that you were a player or one that you were the, the DM. Ooh, okay, then I have one. Okay. It was it is what I would regard as my greatest game of all time. Here, here, uh, Mr. Holland's opus. Man, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So this was back in high school. This was probably mm-hmm. even junior year. Um, this was like right after I got my license. We could finally like go to somebody's house and play, you know. Mm-hmm. And I had crafted. I was also okay. Full disclosure: I was playing Ocarina of Time at the time. Yes, and. <laughs> I created this entire Zelda-style puzzle dungeon. Oh, nice. With, like, all kinds of intricate, like, traps and stuff. And they actually made it through all the way to the end where they fought a Mind Flare and killed it and actually finished the campaign. So it was, like, well-crafted, short enough, we got it done, and they all, like, loved it. And it was... It just made me feel a little warm and fuzzy inside. <laughs> That's fantastic. I, uh, this might be a bit of a trip. So I'm, I'm just thinking about the first time I ever DM'd. And, and there was just so many, uh, I, I was, I was an awful DM. I mean, it was the first time doing it. And I was just, <laughs> my problem was I was too generous. And so, uh, what really, uh, messed, the, what really unbalanced the game was, uh, and I was, I was building them up. It was a long-term thing. We were going to cap off at, you know, 17, 18, 19, whatever. What really messed them up 
uh, was early in the game, I had sent out a Red Jester, which is a character who uh, was an enemy, and he has a, a deck of many things, which is, mm-hmm. uh, you know, for those who, who aren't familiar, he throws this card at you, and whatever this card is, it, something happens to you. And it might be something really good, or might be something really bad. <laughs> okay. So the, mon- so the party's fighting this, and we have a, a player who's a little more experienced, and uh, he casts a spell known as Mad Monkeys. And Mad Monkey swarms my Red Jester, and it, and it steals stuff from the Red Jester, and it stole the deck of many things. <laughs> so we're going forward in this uh, in this campaign, and the party has access to a deck of many things. And in the party, they've got a character who is uh, he's almost your prototypical like really dumb, dumb as a rock, but as solid as one too. He just smashes everything, and he was he was a uh, I think he was a, just a tank. Yeah, I think he's a half orc. A blunt weapon. <laughs> yeah, he, he had really low intelligence, really low wisdom, and so they were kind of using him as the test dummy for the uh, for the deck of many things. So they draw. He draws the first card, and he loses a level, and so he goes oh, back man. a whole level. No, and and so you know the game's kind of paused for a minute, and they're like, okay, what do we do now? And uh, they're okay, like you, they convince him to draw another card because it's like, well, you've already lost a level. Like worst case scenario, your character dies, whatever. So. He draws another uh, card, and it's uh, something the equivalent of you get, like, 100 precious jewels. And mm-hmm. so he draws this card, and we did the math, and it essentially he instantaneously became a millionaire in-game. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, he, and he, the best part was he really did a great job of playing off the, I'm too stupid to know what these things are, but I know that they're valuable, <laughs> so I'm not going to let the other party have them. I'm just going to mm-hmm. hold on to them with my life. Uh, there, there was more to that that I'll, I'll save. So we, you know, it, it got a little graphic, and, you know, because he kept them in a, in a particular <laughs> orifice. But we won't get into that. Uh, so we went on through the game, and the entire time, like, there's this undead theme, and they're fighting zombies, and they're trying to figure out, you know, where all these undead are coming from. And my original plan was to have them fight uh, this, you know, king who had thrown these people out of the, out of the. Uh, City and was raising a dark army and all that stuff. Well, second to last campaign, uh, they draw from the deck of many things and they get a wish card. And the player mm-hmm. wishes that everybody in the party is level twenty. And I'm like, and he, you know, he's specific. I'm fine. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, all right. And in my head, I'm like, okay. They're, if they want to play this game, I'll come back next week and I will blow them out of the water with something. Like I'm going to destroy them. You know, and I'm like, mm-hmm, I'm looking mm-hmm. at like Cthulhu and like all these other things. Like, I'm like, they want to ruin my game. They're going to get gonna, what they deserve. You're going to play stupid games. You're going to win stupid prizes. <laughs> exactly. So I, I'm sitting there looking through the, the Paizo website and the highest creature I could find was Lucifer, uh, which was a third party creation. He's a CR like 72. <laughs> okay. Uh, and so I mean, like your CR is your challenge rating. So you could almost say it's like a, a level, it's like level 22 or 72. Uh, and he is insane. I mean, he's insane. <laughs> he gets like at will wish commands and all this other stuff. And so, uh, they they're going through and they're like, oh yeah, they're. I mean, they're blasting through these these zombies and you know the generals. Also, I mean, it's easy for them. And then Lucifer shows up, and they panic and and he kills one of them, and uh, pretty quickly. <laughs> I mean, like, bam, just <laughs> drops one of them. Mm-hmm. And again, the same player who used Mad Monkeys to get the deck of many things grabs the deck of many things and throws a card at Lucifer. And uh, 
I'm, you know, I'm role-playing as Lucifer, which is, now I get why people think it's satanic. Uh, <laughs> I did not. It's all I coming together. Yeah, I did not help that. I, this is not a. Uh, this is not going to be a beneficial sorry, thing. Mom. Yeah, sorry, anybody who's listening. Uh, I pick up the card, and it says, uh, "Whoever the the reader of the card, whoever gets it, must dramatically change their alignment," which meant that. <laughs> yes. So the story ended with Satan becoming lawful good. And becoming wow. and looking to undo all his, so he resurrected the guy that he killed and like just <laughs> gave everybody what they wow. wanted and like went, went around and like I I couldn't even it was again I as a DM I was so you know I couldn't I could I didn't know enough to get myself out of the situation but it was mm-hmm. still a really it was a great ending uh, not tr- not the traditional how you'd want to end the game. But I think no, but that's know. great. That's <laughs> why these that's games great. are great, man. Yeah, because yeah. I mean, stuff like this can happen. Yeah, you can turn Satan into you know <laughs> an agent for good. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so yeah, explain you know again to the people who say, "Oh, D and D is or Pathfinder and all that satanic." Well, maybe not. Maybe we'll change Satan. So maybe we'll make it good. So that, I hope that gets edited out. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. That's so cool. That's terrible. So that was uh, that was my uh, that's probably my favorite story. Uh, favorite gaming experience that's awesome yeah I, I i it's hard for me to cut down to just one i i especially want to go <laughs> i want to go through and just tell all the tabula rasa campaigns that we played yes because <laughs> they were they were all just so good they're the the first one the mall it was basically just a battle royale <laughs> and you're in a mall and it was a real mall like he gave us the website with the map <laughs> And we were like, okay, I want to run over into <laughs> into shields and and get you know get whatever. But uh, I'm hungry, so I'm gonna go fr- fry chicken sandwiches at Chick Fil A. <laughs> <laughs> we like set traps for each other, and you know that was awesome. And um, there was another where um, holy crap, I was in Tabula what? Rasa. You were. You were in the first game. I was in the and first you were killed Tabula sleep. I was killed. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yes. It almost yes, came rushing back to me. You when you said <laughs> you did fried, not play the, for very long. fried the chicken to Chick-fil-A, I'm like, oh my yeah. god, I was there. <laughs> <laughs> I was in Chick-fil-A. Oh my god. I was in that Chick-fil-A. Well it's funny because uh Jenna, Trenton and I uh, we're on our way to <laughs> to um, Omaha, and we actually went to the mall that we played. Oh, and Trenton and I, <laughs> Trent, I got a picture of Trenton standing in front of the mall map going, well, I was killed here. <laughs> the great. polar bears were somehow released into the ice rink over here. <laughs> so that one was great because we had this open creativity put this power was put into our hands as players where we knew an end goal and it was our job to try and to just get to it in whatever way that we wanted so it could be that we killed other people off it could be that we all stayed together you know it was in our hands (laughs) another one i i was playing i was leading sanctimonium and uh I was taking people to this one location, but I thought I want to give them a chance to be able to, uh, like get something like to, to make a decision to pick something up 
that they can use later on. So I had them in a car and stop at a gas station and they never left. <laughs> so I had to I had to rewrite the entire story instantly into this like uh Texas Chainsaw Massacre style like <laughs> country gas station and they they found this like underground chamber where um uh what's the Oh, Chunk. That's his name from or not Chunk. What's the brother's name in um, Goonies? It is Chunk. The the it, no Chunk's the chubby kid. Oh, brothers. The one who's who's there deformed. Yeah. Goes. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That guy. Uh, they, there was a there was a there was a sibling who was living down underneath the gas station. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. Uh, so I had to throw together the story. So that was like this test of improvisation on my part because <laughs> threw everything out yeah so it was yeah that was that was kind of cool mm -hmm. um his name was sloth by the way the guy from the movie sloth. oh yeah oh so, man sure. that's what it yeah. was he was actually a football so, player he was drafted with the first pick in the in the draft in 1973 thank you wikipedia wow i didn't know that now you do now we know so uh backing up we had mentioned World of Warcraft. Mm -hmm. Now, gaming is almost its own culture. Uh, video gaming is almost its own culture in and of itself. Oh, for sure. Um, recently, it's come out that the World Health Organization is going to classify video game addiction as a uh, as like a as it's it's like a thing. It's a disorder, mm -hmm. um, and that people need to pay more attention to it, and they really need to like regulate it more mm -hmm. how does that strike you guys i don't know <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> I, just, I just don't know i have no problem i'll 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 say my thoughts plainly just because sure do it uh, and, I, and i don't mean to you know i'm not going to assume anything about anyone but i, I think that you, in reality you can be addicted to anything and again you know the severity of that all that, you know, is arguable, but I, I've seen uh, in people behavior that, that is definitely concerning. Uh, I, I don't think there's anything wrong staying up all night playing video games, playing video games for, you know, a, a handful of hours every day. Um, but mm -hmm. I think that when you start to neglect yourself or your responsibilities, the people around you, I think that is the biggest sign of, and again, that goes with really anything, but specifically video games, uh, you know, sure. and, and absolutely, I, I'll use this as an example. I've I've known people who uh, would would go on you know Call of Duty uh, binges and they play and they play so much that like they wouldn't even bother to get up to use the bathroom. They just pee in a cup. And I mean, oh wow! If you're a cup peer, I'm yeah, I'm sorry, dude. I'm not trying to sound judgmental, but you need to cut that out. Stop peeing in your cup. You stop peeing in cups. It's yeah, your own, that, your own that's good. It like, is 2018. Yeah. yeah. No, and again, it's gross to say that. Like. You know, but I, that's a real thing. In fact, uh, not to say too much, but like, that was a real issue, um, like, that we dealt with, like, I didn't deal with, but was, there was a person in the dorms that we went to school with that mm. <laughs> was, was an example of that. Not the only one, but it happens and it's, uh, it's not pleasant. <laughs> it's not mm -hmm. pleasant at all. And so, um, you know, again, there's nothing wrong with liking video games. I, you know, I'm, I'm all for getting lost for a couple hours and 
especially, you know, again, when you're playing with friends and that kind of thing. But, uh, again, when you start to neglect your responsibilities, when it starts to become your, you know, when it goes from being an escape to being an excuse, I think that's when you have a problem. And there's nothing wrong with, you know, we all have problems. We all have junk. We all have baggage. And so I'd say if you're listening to this and you're thinking, hmm, maybe that's me, and you're sitting there counting the cups filled with pee sitting around you, then, you know, maybe you should... <laughs> Consider talking to someone. Sounds like ammonia in here. Yeah, like, <laughs> consider talking to someone and just you know work it out. I mean, there's, I mean, again, with any kind of addiction, it doesn't help anyone to shame them or make them feel worse, but to say it, it happens, and and you know people deal with all kinds of different struggles. And so I would say, if that's you, if, you know, you feel like maybe that's too much, just you know try to cut back, try to maybe talk to someone or, or change it up or. Uh, go outside for a little bit. The graphics are pretty cool. You know, storyline saying, but actually, <laughs> don't go outside. It's gotta be like 8K at least. Yeah, don't go outside gotta be at right least. now. It's, textures. It's freezing cold, so unless you get 60 like, FPS, yeah, 60 all day. O- only 60 though. Yeah. Wait, oh. I'm at 30. I thought the human average yeah, 30s. Is at 30. Well, so do- I so. Go ahead. I told yeah, I, t- I totally get that. Um, I actually just last. Probably last Thursday or Friday. I don't remember what day it was. I realized that I was addicted to the game Dead by Daylight. Yeah. Yes, you realized that before you did. Uh, everyone <laughs> yes, probably. Yes, he tried to help you out of, out of the hole. <laughs> I threw him a ladder, Thomas. I threw him a ladder and he said, no. <laughs> Leave me in the hole. We pee in the hole. <laughs> He's just full of yeah, just pee cups all around him. Just that's pee cups that's how you got out, isn't it? You just filled it up and swam out. Just swam out. Well, just so what happened? It was it's it's the week after Christmas, so uh, I had time off, and mm-hmm. Jenna was working some of those days, so it was just me at home, and no pants uh, on it. No pants, because what else are you going to do? Um, I got nobody else to impress. Because you're an adult. Um, because I'm an adult. I pay my own bills. Right? Um, and it was during a double blood point event, which yeah. meant that for every game that you played, it counted as two. Oh, man. That's what double means. Yes. Double XP, and man. Double XP. Weekend. Double experience. So you could level up your characters so fast and I I leveled up one character and I prestiged him and and then it went all the way back to zero and I went well that didn't feel very good because now I've lost everything. <laughs> so then the I leveled up I leveled up another character all the way up to fifty, and every second that I had where I was sitting stationary, I was doing something else. I was bored and I wanted mm-hmm. to come back and I wanted to play that game. It wasn't until I came into bed. Around 2 a.m., which isn't something I do a ton anymore, but I came in super late and I Jenna was already asleep and I lied down and my heart was beating like crazy because I just had this huge adrenaline rush, just this hard hit from how much I had been playing. And I realized like I'm not like I'm not even close to tired. I'm not going to be able to sleep. I have to be up in the morning, mm-hmm. like not I don't have to be up, but I'm going to be up in the morning because I want to play more. And I was like, I need I need to stop. Mm-hmm. So I actually pulled out my phone desk. I immediately remote desktop into my computer and just uninstalled it right there. Mm-hmm. 
because I'm like, I need to take I, I I've given myself a week and then I'm going to see how I how I go after that. Yeah, I respect that, man. I respect that. I, I did the, I did a similar thing with Monster Energy Drink, and <laughs> I took a year off from 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 drinking and you Monster. Made it the year, and I, I respect did. Again. It the year. We're so glad. And now I'm right back on the wagon. Hey, but you had the discipline to go that year. Yeah, I did. I did. I needed to prove it to myself. So it's the same thing with this week. Is like I need to prove, and because and there have been a couple of times where I've been like, man. I don't want to play this game right now. I don't want to go out and do this right now. I want to go play Dead by Daylight. And mm-hmm. I like sucks, suck. Nope. Got to fight through it. <laughs> but here's the here's yeah. the thing about that. That's interesting is that you're not the only one. Like you are one of three people on my friends list that have yes. had an issue with yes. like being a or like this uncontrollable urge to play this game constantly. Mm-hmm. And we've fed off of each other. That's yes. the other thing is this online connectivity mm-hmm. with other people. So it's it's OK because you're not the only one. You're well, enabling each other. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Well, and I would say the other thing to consider, and this is, again, not to um, I don't want to sound too too far out there in terms of like, oh, not like a government conspiracy or anything like that. But when you really think about it, especially uh, when you look at the history of the gaming industry, you know, with microtransactions, DLCs, all that stuff, uh, the better, the more addictive they can make those games, the more they're going to make money-wise. And so, um, I've never been right. more, yeah, I, I've never, I'm not a big, I hate DLC, if we're being honest, microtransactions, yeah. but, um, and, you know, there have been times where I'm like, hmm, it's easy, and, it, and it's always like, 99 cents for this, you know, $5 for this, and it seems small, but it adds up fast, and so... Steam summer sale. Yeah. Oh. Oh, I'm a fool yeah. not to buy these 30 games for 25 cents that yeah. I'm never going to play. And so I think that overall there is, uh, there has been a change in how those are marketed to people and that mm-hmm. the, uh, and there are, there are other motivations there to get people. I mean, obviously when you sell your game, you're making money, but that's, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's evolved beyond that to the point that, they want to sell the game, sell the DLC, sell the season pass, get the microtransactions, you know, and all yep. that, all the stuff that uh, you can, you know, all the bells and whistles. And uh, some some are, some games and whatnot are better than others, but it's it's something to be mindful of. I, I got four words for you. Games as a service. Mm-hmm. that's the model mm-hmm. we currently sit in with most games and that's why microtransactions came about it's like it was a kind of a progression they've been working on you know monetizing the game further after it's sold for a very long time since the 360 ps2 days mm-hmm. because if you'll remember this has long passed away but there used to be multiplayer access codes in brand new mm-hmm. games where when you bought it day one, you put in that multiplayer access code to gain access to the online play. And then when you got sick of it, traded it to GameStop, you know, the next person that bought it would have to buy this $10 multiplayer pass code mm-hmm. in order to play online that uh, the first person had already used. It's how they could monetize it again, you know, uh, make more money on it. So mm-hmm. now since that was gone, they replaced that with like, DLC, you know, mm-hmm. oh, this expansion pack will come out in two months and add some more stuff. Cool. Okay. So that worked for a while, you know, 20 bucks, whatever. Well, then that gets out of control and it's like, oh, $50 for, you know, the premium pass for Battlefield or whatever. Sure. Um, mm-hmm. 
but then it, it starts to get bundled that way, you know, where it's like, we'll be producing content at a steady rate, you know, mm-hmm. just give us 60 more dollars, like pay, yeah. pay double for the game. And now they've completely shifted the model where mm-hmm. now it's games as a service. And you kind of see that where um, I'm going to use Battlefield as an example. Uh, Battlefield on PC, Xbox, probably PlayStation, they now have the Battlefield hub. And it's like all things Battlefield. There's You can access Battlefield 4, Battlefield 1, Battlefield Hardline, all from the same menu. It's all on one dashboard. And then they've introduced like the microtransactions, you know, and then like the shortcut mm-hmm. bundles. If you don't want to play 200 hours to max out your assault kit, pay $7.99 and get, you know, mm-hmm. the shortcut bundle. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and then on top of that, you've just got, you know, premium, like I said. But then it's like, oh, well, now it's this season and you get these two new maps and blah, 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 blah. And it carries forward and buy more crates and blah, 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 blah. <laughs> you know, it's like, mm-hmm. how long can we drag them out? What's the minimum amount of content we can give them to make them feel like they're getting the most for their money? How much money can mm-hmm. we charge them for that? You know, what can we charge for a microtransaction? Mm-hmm. And then we get into problems where the microtransactions are no longer just cosmetic and they affect gameplay, which is where Battlefront mm-hmm. 2 got in trouble. Um, and that kind of brings us up to current day. Now we're trying to figure mm-hmm. out a better system. Yeah. Well, and I think <laughs> yeah. that, you know, when I remember growing up in, in video games and it was, you know, you worked hard and you unlocked the all the characters by, by playing the game. And I think, you know, good example of that is, you know, Super Smash Brothers games. I mean, that was that was the, Absolutely. the most, you know, oh, yeah. the, that was awesome. The best parts of the game was unlocking, you know, Mewtwo and all those guys and uh, and now it's and I I don't mind, you know if if you want to offer to to pay you know however much money to just unlock those guys instantly. What I hate is that they're now parts of games and characters in the games that you can't unlock uh, unless you pay. And I think mm-hmm. that is that's what and I think a lot of gamers have expressed kind of a, a similar sentiment. And I agree. It's it's not. Uh, I would say it's not working, but it's going to work as long as they make money off of it. And unfortunately, they will be. I mean, they're going to make money off of it for a while because going back to the original topic that you know, and there's there's uh, I forgot what country it was, but it was shortly after Battlefield um, or where it was, but they they're looking at classifying. Um, oh yeah, microtransactions as, as gambling. I want to say it was gambling. like did, or is it Finland? Finland. Yeah, I mean, and, and I don't think it's. it's I'd, they might be able to fit that in there. There would be a whole other, you know, there would be a whole bunch of other issues if that were the case. But uh, I, I do think that there that is a concern, uh, especially when, again, we're three of us are adults for the most part. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and like <laughs> we we like to pretend we are. Yeah, but there. I mean, you know, you think about children and uh, <laughs> like you know, I I was talking to a, a lady recently, and her son wanted a. Uh, for Christmas, he had asked for, I don't remember what game it was, but for a DLC map or whatever for this game. And she's like, I don't understand how, like, he wants me to spend money on something that doesn't exist. Like, you know, he's got mm-hmm. the game and and it was, you know, that's, again, you, you wrestle with the, how that works and especially in the mind of a child. And mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. it can be frustrating at times just again to see how it's it's marketed towards towards people but also knowing that it's going to affect children so yeah, yeah definitely absolutely and that's there's kind of a line there and it's a little bit fuzzy you know because how much regulation do you put on it versus mm-hmm. how much should you know parents be 
parenting their children, you know? <laughs> like, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, um, I want to say just an example. There was a news story. It's probably been years now, you know, but kid gets on GTA online, buys a bunch of shark mm-hmm. cards, spends mm-hmm. all that yep. money on his dad's credit card. Dad gets yep. pissed, mad at Microsoft, mad at Rockstar. Come on, dad. Don't let your 14 year old kid play GTA online, you know? Yeah. Like, with your credit card. With your credit card information stored in the system. No parental lock that is clearly, yep. you know, there mm-hmm. and easy to clearly access. Clearly, you're raising a delinquent. Yeah. Yeah. Come on, man. Come on, man. <laughs> yeah. Get it together. How much responsibility would you guys say is put on the shoulders of the creators in these scenarios? Because we, I mean, we, we talked about there's there's where where's that line between art and you know product mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying it's very very hazy it's a balancing act yeah. you know there's there's very specific people in the studio that that handle that mm-hmm. exact thing and it's kind of interesting because that's where you get like um you know a producer versus like a creative director mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. know it's they're working on the same level but from two completely different viewpoints yeah, sure. And uh, I think that so I've, I've talked about it before. I have like this mentor in the industry and mm-hmm. I have just there's been multiple occasions where we've just talked and I've just asked her questions about working at a studio because it's, it's sure. fascinating, you know, uh, because it's totally different than like any other kind of thing. I feel like you're bringing so many different art forms together to create one thing. Um, oh, yeah. And it's just crazy because she was a producer. And so she had to balance all this stuff and make it all work. So from her perspective, the company the she worked for, I guess I could just say it was EA. She worked for EA uh, mm-hmm. in one of the smaller studios. And they would want, you know, they would have certain things that you have to hit. So you have creative freedom between these benchmarks. It's like mm-hmm. you must, let's, I'm going to use Battlefront 2. You must include microtransactions. And what I'm thinking mm-hmm. happened this time is EA said, and they must intertwine with gameplay, you know, mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. to kind of push the fact um, that they want you to buy these crates because they're not charging any money for the DLC because mm-hmm. they already had the one hang up where the first Battlefront didn't have enough content. So it's yeah. like they're trying to fix one PR mistake with you know, one that <laughs> turned out to be an even worse PR mistake. Um, just quintessential <laughs> EA right there. I would say, and I was just, I was looking this up, you know, I just watched a video the other day of uh, Jack Black, and he, he talked about how his kid racked up a, like a $3,000 bill on, on, a, you know, on a tablet game. Uh, as far as, you know, does, do we hold the kids accountable? Do we hold the uh, parents or, you know, how much is on? I, I think that for the most part, you know, you, you do need to do your diligence in terms of, making sure your kid knows uh, what not to do and knows, you know, um, those boundaries and that you have the, the passcode and all that stuff. But at the same time, there are some games that, uh, again, when you look at marketing strategies and all of that stuff and the way that things are presented, it, it gets pretty, uh, it's pretty interesting, but then it gets kind of almost, uh, it, it leaves you feeling a little dirty because you're sitting here and you're looking at this and you're going, somebody got paid a lot of money to make this specific little ad, you know, this little pop-up in this game appealing to children, mm-hmm. appealing to somebody who's not going to have the full yeah. uh, impulse control or the full understanding. They're just going to click okay 
you know, yeah, 199 or yes, I want more stars. Yes, I want more bubbles, whatever. Auto subscribe. Um, yeah. And, yeah. Then, and then, you know, they, there's, you hit the button and you get this little, this nice little, you know, yeah, typically you'll have something that kind of blow up and you're, you're like a really pretty presentation and it'll make this really rewarding sound. And, and all of that stuff is, is rooted in, you know, marketing and, and psychology. And I mean, again, you can't, I, I, I'm not, you know, over here saying that corporate America is this terrible, terrible thing, but at the same time, there's, uh, there are some questions about the morality of, uh, when, especially when you, I think you're getting into some games and stuff that are marketed towards children. And, uh, and unfortunately that, I mean, that's just, you know, some people want to make a dollar and that's, that's okay. Ultimately, uh, just in the society that we live in, the dollar, the dollar is going to make the difference. So we can complain about DLC. We can complain about microtransactions, but until they stop making money on them, they're not going to stop using them. Uh, and they, <laughs> and they'll, fight, they'll fight that in court. And, and so mm-hmm. I, again, and I think that, that that movement, that idea has gained some traction, but it's really hard to, uh, even if we, you know, rally the troops, it's going to be really hard to, like you said, there's people who are just genuinely addicted and who get that rush and the endorphins released in their brain. And uh, some of that is, it's, you know, it is the, very similar to gambling in terms of the mental reaction. You know, you see the mm-hmm. shiny lights and all that, and, and that's not on accident. So that's the part that always, you know, trips me up is that it's all done very purposefully. It's very, very intentional and, and it's appeal to to consumers and so um again not to demonize anybody who's trying to make money but i think that there's a there's an ethical issue there so oh yeah yeah sure so i think i i have a way that we can like curb it i guess I, yeah i think yeah everybody's first reaction is uh oh well tell the government they'll fix it like tell the <laughs> you know yeah. they'll, they'll pass a bill money blah 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 blah, blah. It's, it's not about uh restriction you know that's where everybody wants to go first it's about limiting something you know figuring out what it what does work and what doesn't and regulate something it's not about that it's simply about educating people mm-hmm. like yes we had such a hard shift into technology so fast that mm-hmm. you know there are people five years older than i am and you would think like i'm 25 so i grew up in the 90s you know we grew up (laughs) when technology started we grew up with it people five years older than us 10 years older than us struggle with technology like my boss you know in his 30s has issues using his phone even some some flat out refuse to learn right absolutely and the thing is like if you could make the information easy and accessible for people like it's something as simple as here is the legitimate five-step button press process <laughs> to set up your parental controls on your iPad. Like, oh, yeah. this yeah, is yeah. this is it. You know, this is all you have to do. Do it once and you're done. Write down your passcode. <laughs> like, that's yeah. it. Um, you know, but you have, like, all these really simple, easy programs yeah. that you can get to people in some simple way, somewhere they're already looking. Like, mm-hmm. that's all it would take is just education mm-hmm. about it. You know, what to look for, what to tell your kids about, you know, it's it's going to be a bigger deal. It, like you said, mm-hmm. it's not going anywhere because they're still making money on it. Mm-hmm. So until people know what it is and why they shouldn't be putting their money into it, you know, well, how's it going to stop? You just got to we cool. just got to tell people. <laughs> mm-hmm. Quick side question. Have either of you ever actually been gambling? Yes. Like, yeah. 
Um, yep. As the active gambler, I don't know if that's the right word, gamble, gambler. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I, I've never put any of my own money in a machine. So, but yeah. I've been with friends who have, and I was just watching, and I was like, ooh, shiny. Like, I was captivated, and, you know, watching the money go up and down, and, uh, yeah, it's, I, yeah. So, I felt, I, I feel like I, I want to say yes, but technically it's a no. Mm-hmm. I would say, so we went uh, once to the Indiana Downs Casino. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not called that anymore. I don't know if it is, like Indiana Live or something. <laughs> I don't know. Mm-hmm. But uh, we took like 60 bucks, 30 each. Um, the casino is a miserable, depressing experience that mm-hmm. will probably die before our generation. Hopefully. I would okay. say. Unless it does right. a hard shift and leans into technology, takes advantage of cryptocurrency or something, some whatever's sure. after physical money, you know? I, mm-hmm. I, I, don't, I don't know, know about you guys, but like where we live right now, the video game gambling is, is like video gaming. Yeah. Uh, it, yeah. I mean, it's huge. And there's a study that was, I don't, I don't remember the exact numbers, but it's, I mean, for uh, the County that I'm living in, not, I mean, it's a rural, a rural County. There's not a lot of people here. The amount of money that is made every year, just in video game, uh, you know, gambling is huge. So I would say, I think that the casinos will go away. But I think you're going to see more and more of these tiny video game gambling kind of rooms popping up because I mean, I think you're probably right. There's there's money in that. And it's the same thing. It's just, you know, digitalized. uh, And, you know, again, it kind of shakes off some of the stigma of going to a casino. But I mean, it is what it is. It's gambling. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, I I, uh, there was a while where. couple friends uh we would we would go jenna would and you know all all four of us would go go out to the boat uh and why is it always a boat well because uh if it's a if it's on a boat there are different laws that apply Uh, and different restrictions that's why yeah they can't have it on land a lot of times like kentucky right yeah well, huh. yeah, yeah, yeah. The and, I mean, if the boat can't, the boat, the boats hasn't probably hasn't been able to go anywhere in years. Yeah, but it's still on the water. Um, and we 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 went out there, I think twice, and I lost three hundred dollars. Oh my gosh! Uh, yeah. So the first hundred was the first time. Uh, and the the I went in thinking, all right, I'm gonna do. I have a hundred dollars extra that I can, that it's okay. If I, if I lose this hundred dollars, we're just going to go and have a good time. And, um, I, I lost that hundred and went, I'm going to get that hundred back. (laughs) And I got another hundred and I played right through all of it. Oh, Brian. Dear, dear Brian. uh, And the house won. The house, the house won. And I was going to like take Jenna out to a nice dinner Nope. <laughs> and it's Robin for two weeks because you spent the extra hundred bucks. Hope you like. This was before we were married. Oh, like, 
hope you like uh, hope you like McDonald's because <laughs> dollar menu, you're please. gonna pay because <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna pay. you're buying my McChicken tonight yep. <laughs> you're gonna buy my party tray of chicken nuggets that <laughs> <laughs> I'll eat in my sadness corner we'll, we'll get the party tray we'll get a party tray from McDonald's and then sneak over to Chick-fil-A and just ask for sauces <laughs> there you go so but there was there was that and then i've been to vegas a couple times and just you you have to walk through you either walk on the street or you walk through the casinos to get to places and just the overstimulation that from the lights and the sounds and the people is just insane like Mm -hmm. do you want to see a prime example of things being designed to draw you in to click on something to To put that money down, man, holy cow. Mm-hmm. They wouldn't break me. They wouldn't <laughs> yeah, break yeah, me. Yeah. No. No, like I don't give a shit. <laughs> I just don't give a shit, man. They wouldn't get me. <laughs> it's because you're, you're a better person than all of us. Because I'm fracking cag, man. Secluded enigma. <laughs> That's right. I'm secluded. Do you guys have any uh, closing thoughts on things? I don't know. I think that we just really need to be more aware of how all that is changing. I'm just curious sure. to see what's next. Are they going to make games more expensive or are they going to double mm-hmm. down on loot boxes cosmetically? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think that we'll see a, a pretty big push to try to make it look more authentic, but really not. And, you know, continue the trend. And I do think it'll, it will eventually become something that is, whether it's you know legally or through the mark the market expressing itself will be not will be no longer acceptable but i think that's that's still probably a, a while away we'll probably see it in our lifetime but it'll be i i can't see it happening anytime in the next you know five ten years i think again they're they're making a lot of money and that that cash stream is not going to slow down until like you said people are more educated and sure um and even when people are educated some of them just don't care I mean, some mm-hmm. have the money to burn and are willing to burn Absolutely. it. And, and unfortunately, mm-hmm. I mean, the good whales. for them. They call yeah. them the whales, right? <laughs> yeah. Good for them. but Just like for, Vegas. Isn't that ironic? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Look at that. It all ties together. All right. Well, that wraps it up for us here at Bit by Bit. Thank you all for joining us. Thomas. This has been a great episode. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, Thank absolutely. you for your suggestion. Thank you for being on the show with yes. us. And hopefully I didn't you'll even tell. Let's say I, I hope to have you back again. <laughs> didn't even tell the cupcake story, so we're gonna have to. Oh, you have to come back. back then. Yeah. Oh, there's so many stories. Like I said, <laughs> we can make that a we can make that a Patreon content. Yeah, a Patreon. I want to cut of that. Like you know, at least <laughs> at least cut of, cut, cut of that cupcake. I do. That. <laughs> don't don't leave me out. You know what will happen if you leave me out, Brian. <laughs> so. <laughs> Thomas, as a as a guest on this show, there's an issue that we've been having. Oh boy, we don't know how to close the show. All right, well, what do you say? What so, do you do? So give us give us a catchphrase. Give us a something something some kind of <laughs> outro something. Oh man, uh, I think the most appropriate way to end a podcast like this would be to tell the cupcake story. So when I was in college with Brian, one day we were. Well, that wraps-
wraps it up for this episode. As always, if you liked it, you can rate, comment, subscribe on SoundCloud, iTunes, and Stitcher. If you want to connect with us or just find out what's coming up next on the show, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at BitXBitPodcast. You can also search your preferred podcast platform under the same name. If you want to be part of the show, you can email us at bitxbitpodcast at gmail.com. You can send us your topics, questions, suggestions, comments, or corrections. Just remember that if it's a correction, please put the words FIX IT in all caps in the subject bar. Be sure to include a name, email, username, handle, or some other title for us to refer to you on the show. It could even be your gamer tag if you wanted. Just let us know what platform and we'll include it at the end. If you want to throw a couple of dollars our way, you can support us at patreon.com slash bitxbitpodcast. If you don't have any money, you can support us by sharing episodes or voting for us on podcastland.com to help get our name out there. Thanks for listening. See you next week. Oh, I'm sorry. You're all very, very sad. Your misery brings me such a... Very sad. Very sad. Very sad. It's all very sad. sad. (laughs) <laughs> the 20 bucks is 20 bucks <laughs> okay alright that does it for us folks bye <laughs> it's so bad it's so bad you see Thomas do you see <laughs> try. alright you can stop recording alright how do I stop recording delete font I'm just kidding <laughs>